Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass, your weekly automotive podcast hosted by two rather uninformed enthusiasts. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I'm Sam from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. Oh, I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. And you can watch us each week on YouTube. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and most podcast players. We hope you enjoy the episode. Now, I do have a confession to make. We have a confession to make. Our, our live viewers from Recast will know already <laughs> that this episode was actually recorded about 10 days ago. At least. At, at <laughs> least. <laughs> and I'm, I wanted to clear that up. I wanted to get that out there early on. Yeah. Because sometimes when we've done this in the past, we've said things that have then become dated very quickly. They're not relevant They're anymore. They're not relevant anymore. <laughs> so I'm worried that we're going to chat about something in this episode and people are going to be like, what are they on about? Like, do they not read the news? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's because essentially, well, things are getting a little bit hectic over the next six weeks or so. Uh, Tony, by the time you're listening or watching, this is probably already on his Euro trip that he's been planning for a while. You yeah. heard us talk about it uh, this year on the podcast. Uh, but I am on a massive adventure. Actually, over the next six weeks, maybe even two months, I'm basically going to be a bit of a Shmi 150 and, and not go home. I'm just living out on the road. Living out your suitcase. I worked out, mate, over the next two weeks, or the next 10 days or like that, I'm going to do seven and a half thousand miles on the road not not in one of your old cars in the 360 and the gt3 really yep in both cars across both cars seven and a half thousand miles in 10 days you love depreciation don't i you? Love, love it i mean uh, surely i cannot depreciate my 360 any further like uh, it's all, all that gt3 don't be rude. the way you spec'd it well it's now gone from like 250 to 230 <laughs> <laughs> surely it's on the used market pennies yeah <laughs> um, but yeah yeah so uh, if you follow me on instagram i guess i would have already started posting this i'm doing the the podium tours rally uh obviously podium place the legends that make the the coffee seen through glass coffee uh-huh. uh, they do these tours so uh, i'm taking the gt3 to the nurburgring that'd be super exciting that's a crash i mean definitely a crash i'm actually terrified so recording this in advance of that trip and i'm really pooing myself uh but then i'm setting off in the 360 on a on a really epic adventure. Hold on a minute, hold on. I can't let you get away with this. What? So you're going to be in the GT3. How are you going to swap cars? Okay, so... Ah, you, see? If you really want to know the logistics... I do, yeah. So... Oh, it's an advanced now. GT3 goes from Podium Place in Newbury through, I think we're doing Belgium, Luxembourg, Nürburgring, whatever. That's the Podium Tours rally. Lovely. I then leave the rally and I drive it straight down to Monaco. Uh, and I'm dropping off at some stor- a storage location... 
just outside Monaco. Leave it there. Leave it there. And I fly back to the UK. Lovely. Pick up the 360. Yep. Which I'm then driving down to Spain because I'm going to meet you. We're going to come find me. We're yep. going to do a podcast episode from Spain. We might have to do two. Might have to do two. Who knows? <laughs> I then take it on. And I'm just trying to think my posting schedule. I don't. And I'm going to take it on a big adventure. I, I don't. I feel like I would have revealed it by now. Essentially, a sandy adventure. <laughs> oh, my God. That. So big, big adventure. Crossing into a continent that I haven't actually crossed into with a 360 yet before so that's going to be very exciting new content nice. too though then it goes back up into Portugal for the Maranello Legacy event happening in Porto uh-huh. which will be super cool that's a th- like a three day extravaganza they shut down all the roads big supercar convoys lovely then I drive the 360 this is the craziest part from Porto to London in one day oh, I mean yep. good luck with that by the way and then I drop off the 360 pick up the Range Rover Sport which has been very kindly lent to me by Range Rover Drive it straight down to Monaco, where I then the next re- day, re- or you gonna have a little rest, or next day. So I drive three sixty from Porto to London, get straight in the Range Rover, and drive straight to Monaco. Oh wow! Yeah, death. I mean, absolute death. Um, and that's seven and a half thousand miles, or what you've just said. So all that I've just said is t- t- totals up to being seven and a half thousand miles. The majority of it, obviously, is in the three sixty. Um, it's about five thousand miles in the three sixty, and about two and a half thousand miles in the GT three. Um, but yeah, and then and then I'll be in Monaco for about three and a half weeks with the Range Rover Sport and the GT3. Loaded different content. Monaco F1's happening. Uh, the uh, Lake Como Concorde d'Elegance, whatever they call that. Um, that's, that's happening, which I'm going to try and get across to. There's loads of stuff going on. Obviously, I want to take the GT3 on some proper roads. There's a launch of a new car. I don't think I can say much more about it, but it's from a oh. British brand that has associations with a top secret spy. <laughs> <laughs> oh no I'm not going to say more than that I'll let you make your guesses so yeah it's, it's, it's absolutely it's, I'm super excited but it means the next couple of months are just going to be hectic and it's well, you're not going to adventures. bed are you I'm not going to bed um, actually uh, my wife Vicky and the baby are coming to meet me and they're going to be in Monaco as well um, but yeah it, it essentially means that for the podcast we're having to do a lot of pre-recorded episodes because Tony and I aren't going to always be together over the weeks ahead. So we're doing a, a couple today that are going to be dripped out of the next few weeks. So as I say, they, they could sometimes be a little bit out of date. Then we're going to link up and do one in Spain whilst Tony's there on a road trip. And then Tony's actually going to come down to Monaco to meet me there. Paul's also supposedly going to be there. So we might be doing a car park track episode from Monaco. It's, it's, it's going to be a lot. Yeah. Uh, in terms of our live streams, for those of you that love to join us uh, on our live stream, and today we've got a whole load of people. Uh, Max has joined us uh, in uh, Ross. We had, uh, was it Cameron from Australia? So yeah, loads of great live viewers. Stay tuned. Keep an eye on the recast page. And as and when we know we can go live, we will schedule them in. But they might be a little bit more hectic on their timings um, uh, in terms of when those those live streams are. So you'd, all you've got to do is follow recast.tv forward slash behind the glass. Uh, and you can yeah check out um, when those live streams might be happening. Admin done? I think so. Um, I just got back from Bulgaria, though, so I, have, I haven't been sitting still because uh, I just dropped Vicky and the baby off there. They're, they're hanging out there whilst I go on these crazy adventures. And whilst I was there, I did the usual thing of falling in love with blacked out uh, Audi A8 and BMW 7 Series. Well, because every other car. It feels like. Yeah, because... That uh, in Bulgaria, and it might sound like a generalization, but it's not. They are just obsessed with Audis, BMWs, and Mercs. And I think more so BMWs and Mercs, and Bulgarian viewers or listeners, correct me because I know there's a ton of you. Audi, I feel like, is in third place there, but 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 not when it comes to the limousine format. Like the amount of new, like brand new A8Ls or S8s that I see, every time I go, oh god, I want one of those. 
They just look really good there. Nowhere else in the world do I ever want a big limousine BMW or Audi, even an S-Class, except when I'm in Bulgaria. Right. Do those cars do anything for you? Well, I saw one the other day, actually. I don't. You don't see loads and loads of them, but I, I saw one the other day, and I'm not being stereotypical. That's right. You can go with that. Yeah. Let's see what you say after. But, but the but the 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 driver did look of Bulgarian Albanian type. And, well, now, and think, now I'm, no, 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 I'm feeling wait. a bit attacked. No, no, don't feel attacked. But it really suited him, and I thought actually that is a car for you. Like that's like. I'd look stupid in that car. You, you would, know no, yes, you would, you would. I would as well, I think. I'd look all right in the back. It's a thug's car. Is it? Yes, I... So think. are you saying all Bulgarians and Albanians are thugs? No, but like, like, they look like proper men, don't they? Like, yes. You know what I mean? Like, all Eastern European men, like, we're all, like, wussies. We're pansies. In general, English men, like, there's some... Tyson Fury's a proper man, but there's a few. All right. All European, Eastern European men—they look like they're going to rip your head off. Yeah, if I had, if I, if I had an insecurity in my marriage, it's that there's always a question of me thinking: Does Vicky actually? Would she have preferred to be with <laughs> a Bulgarian you. man <laughs> to <laughs> look after her? Because I, comes. <laughs> I, whenever I go, I get man crushes on the bulgarian because they are just that like yeah. often strong silent types yeah yeah you know big but yeah 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 always super nice the very thing, nice people what yeah, i yeah. often find about this is bulgarians i don't have as good experience of meeting other people from that part of the world um they are really uh cuddly bears as in like they might come across like they're going to kill you but they are the sweetest people yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I love the bulgarians yeah, yeah. that i i know are amazing people but yeah i am not that i'm a little effeminate, a pretty camp, over the top, you know. <laughs> really I, awkward. I launching going, hello. Hello. <laughs> I'd love a flat white. <laughs> and they just go, hey, can your, I have some oat milk with that, please? <laughs> bang, there's your coffee. Yeah. So, yeah, I I would suit the back of an S-Class AA 7 Series. Yeah. I think you're right that maybe you wouldn't see suit either the front or the back. Me, no. But I disagree that you have to be thuggish to drive, I think it's it's a chauffeur vehicle, right? Like, most places around the world, if you see those cars, they're being driven by chauffeurs. It's very rare that people buy, I think, limousines, A8s, 7 Series, S-Class, or even like a Bentley Flying Spur, and they're driving it themselves. Yeah, I probably should have been a little bit more specific in what I was trying to say. This was a 2014 car. Ah. So Yes, an older generation. An older generation car, huge bang for your buck and i think that's what them people like they just think you them know people now now we're no, now we're wading into a we're little not wading <laughs> it's just that one i'm trying to describe them and, and, and anytime you say them people <laughs> it gets it gets me a little nervous on the legalities of this podcast <laughs> so let's let's steer away from the them people okay. phrase but yeah, I, I get what you're trying to say. There's definitely a stereotype for the older limousine. What other cars do you think have, do you think BMWs in general still have that stereotype of bumper huggers? No, Audi now. Yeah, I think it's moved away, hasn't yeah. it? Audi, yeah. and, and then I would say Range Rovers for being fast lane hoggers. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Ferrari owners for being 
sweatshirt over the shoulders like you know what i mean no i no? think that's very old like top gear i think that's you know but people do still you know if you drive a ferrari the general public will spit at you <laughs> they will, they will yeah. spit at you but come on because there's there are quite a few stereotypical owners we talk about lambo owners a lot yeah yeah porsche owners the same do you think there's a stereotypical porsche owner? yeah yeah honestly being, what is it they're just weird <laughs> Mate, uh, mate, honestly, like, Porsche buyers, and I can say this from experience, are the worst to deal with <laughs> when you're trying to sell them a car. You know, that, you are a Porsche customer as yeah, well. Yeah, I do. And I'm, like, the complete opposite because I, because of my job, I just go, yeah, I'll have it. And I'm a big Porsche customer, but in general, especially older Porsches, I mean, they lay on the floor and look at the nuts and bolts. Y- yes yes but i will also just call you up and pull you up on something because i have heard you buying a car and you do not go all right mate yeah i'll take that one yes i do you go be like that. all right mate that car i'll give you 50 grand under and i'm not budging because i know the price okay leave it see you mate i've heard you bully bully salespeople because you are just a, a machine like a like a a bull. You are a bull in a china shop when it comes to, it's terrifying, like negotiating. Yeah, but hold on a minute. I mean, I think most people that own businesses like they're not just in the car business. I think if, you, if you're in sales, you have to be assertive. Absolutely. But yeah, and confident in what you think you know. Because if you have someone try and tell you your job, you're weak. Hey, I'm I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm just saying don't pretend like you are like this super straightforward. You just walk in, you just pay, Mate, you leave. Like, I am. No, you're not. You okay? So I can ask you this as a salesperson, but I don't think you'll tell me the, the true answer. Would you prefer someone to come in and ask you ten questions about the? age of the tyres, the tread depth, when the oil was last filled up, the service history, etc. Or, ten times tell you that they're going to pay five grand after, under your asking price and, and not budge. They wouldn't tell me ten times. So they'd tell me once and I'd say no and say, sorry. That's that. So that's the end of conversation. So that, that's, <sighs> that's, a, that's, the, that's the worst analogy I've ever come across. Well, would I... Would I would I prefer someone to ask me 10 million questions about a car or would I prefer someone to come in and say, yeah, thanks for that, Tony. It's a really lovely car. I'll have it. What do you think? But that's not what you do. You go, that's a really lovely car. I'll have it, but for less than you want and I'm not going to budge. You uh, can tell me all that crap. And the guy goes, oh, but Tony, it does have... I know he has bows. I don't care. That doesn't add any value. I've heard you on the phone. Yeah, Poor but, salesman go, yeah, but we have actually done a PPF. I don't care. I can get a PPF done for free. It means nothing to me. No, you no, just no. ruin them. No, 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 yeah. no. No, that that you're bit you're exaggerating, mate. I <laughs> think you'll find many people have dealt with me on on <laughs> YouTube and and they'll they'll they will vouch for me. I'm sure you'll vouch for me, right? If you have sold Tony a car, please write to us at btg at <laughs> and let us know what an awful experience it was that you're <laughs> now like- you're now in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, one other car that I always see in Bogo that always gets me excited uh, is the G-Wagon. Now, I've spoken about this a little bit previously. The old G-Wagon or a new one? No, well, both there, both, but but new one. I had like a weird dream. I can't even remember how long, maybe six or nine months ago, that I owned a G-Wagon. 
And I woke up going, oh, that was kind of cool. Like a car that I'd never really ever wanted to own in my life. But, but you genuinely wouldn't suit a G-Wagon. Well, I think I would suit the 500,000th limited edition G-Wagon. Did you see this? No. So to celebrate the half a millionth G-Wagon ever produced. Half a million? Yeah. Have half they? a million of them do. Wow. They, if you go to Dubai... They were just literally... There's half a million there. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Often unsold. I mean, they're just like car parks full of G-Wagons. Yeah, yeah. Um, they went back and they celebrated, I think it was a 1986. It's the iconic sort of green car, um, the older sort of chassis or the whole, oh, sorry, older body. I saw you post this. Yeah, a beautiful looking thing. They've done it so well and it's sort of real attention to detail. It looked absolutely stunning, I think. Uh, clear glass, um orange reflectors there's just i was like obsessed with the thing it's not going to go for sale it's like the porsche's one millionth 911 it's just a sort of celebration it's not a car to go for sale but the minute i saw it, i went well i want a g-wagon i'm just going to recreate it like that's that's amazing a classy g-wagon so they've 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 literally built a car and said here we go guys there's a car but you can't have it. No, no, it's going in the museum. It's just a celebratory yeah, yeah. half a million. Same as the 911. That, that, that one millionth 911 sits in the Porsche Museum. It was super cool. It was weird to hark back to the originality. It's them celebrating themselves and boom, bish, bash, bosh. But it did just suddenly show that actually, if you don't spec a G-Wagon, black with black and black and black and black and black and tint the windows, actually, they can still look pretty nice. They don't have to look like rappers, music video props. But the new, the new one... Has to be black no. murdered. No, I, I think the older one does suit them old them them different colours and all that. But the the newer one does. I think needs to be blue or black. No proof is oh. in the window of that half a millionth car. It's stunning. Like it's like a really classic look. Hey, it's an old car. It's not a new car. No, mate. I'm going to bring it up. It's the new car done to look like. The old car. Oh, right. Is it? Yeah. So this is the brand new 500. It's a, I think it's 500D. So it's the new shaped car, mate. All they've done is put a classic paint. Well, it looks really old. But that's the whole thing. That's the yeah. whole point. Like, it's it's supposed to. It's supposed to, mate. They've even put a canvas cover on the rear wheel rather than that metallic one. Maybe they just Roof got a load rack. of that paint they want to sell, so they're bringing it out so everyone respects them in that paint. I would do it. In a, if, if they said that they're launching go, that look. paint as a celebration. you got one, Merc. But There's <laughs> <laughs> one here, look. you got one. It worked. How much is the car? Honestly, if they did a heritage pack, a heritage livery or something like that, Forge everyone, that, okay, that wasn't this, but at least you could have it in a classier spec, I'm so there. I'm so there. And actually, the reason I wanted to mention it is because when I did the video on Sunday, that were, oh no, not on Sunday. Sorry, because forgot about the whole not time. When he done a video previously, <laughs> the video that went out two months ago, <laughs> on my trip to Italy to drive the LM002 and the Urus Performante. Uh -huh. um, I mentioned that I thought the Urus was really such an incredible success story for Lamborghini. And are there? Could you think of another vehicle that has been as successful for a manufacturer? And the G Wagon has got to be seen as one of those because. Of course. Oh my God, the values. Again, I'm really focusing on values, but those so cars should. still, I don't know if they're trading over list, but they they retain their value so well. Yeah, because they keep putting the prices up. And by the way, keep putting the, the new prices up of them. Okay, and that... Over the last two or three years, they've gone through the roof in terms of new. And that keeps the values of the used vehicles strong? Yes, yeah, what Porsche do very well. And Ferrari, to be fair. What, every 18 months or two years, up the price again? Up the price up, yeah. Keeps because the values. if you look on the used market, G-Wagons, even G500, G400s, all the AMG stuff, 
Yeah, just still all the money. Well, they will be, yeah. And um, delivery time, is it, are they hard to get hold of? Well, not on the used market. There's millions of them. But as a new car, because what I'm saying is like, surely that's a kind of no-brainer thing. Because I was sitting there being like, well, I can't justify spending 150 grand on a Mercedes G-Wagon. Like, as you say, it's not really my car. And like, I'm only going to go on if I can spec it like this. But then I'm like, well, hold on a sec. It makes a load of sense if I can buy it for 150 grand, use it for 18 months and sell it for 150 grand. Well, there you go. That makes way more sense than my X3 that I'm but losing five grand on. grand anymore. Well, Probably they 175 now, list. Let's fact check ourselves before we chat. Well, there used crap. to be 150. I think there used to be 140 odd grand. But the 63, the big Larry one. I don't want the big Larry one. Oh. I want the diesel. Uh, oh. From 127, that's going to be the diesel, isn't it? Uh, G class price. Where's actual? I mean that, here's the word leasing and prices. G class. I mean, that's a lot of money, mate. 127 there you go. grand. G63 is 181 grand. Oh, no, that's go. the carbon edition. G63, 174. 174 grand. I told you. And the diesel's 130. 130 for yeah. a rally old yeah. diesel? Yeah. That's what I'm saying, mate. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, I genuinely remember that long ago that they they were about 100 grand. When did they come out? Uh, 2018? 2019? 18, 18. Sorry, 18. You're right. Uh, let's see if we can find what the original price was. Uh, I think the G63 was about 140-odd grand list. I think you're right, but I'm just trying to see if we can find the actual Back article. then. More research I should have done prior to recording, but... Oh, uh, well, yeah, I mean, fine. They're, they've gone up in price. Let's they've gone up a fortune. Yeah. But that's why they've gone up on the used market as well. And that, But, as I say, if they're holding... Okay, I, I don't want to spend 170 grand. That's insane. But 130 grand on the diesel, spec'd up, that's what, 145 probably? Probably, I mean, yeah. Mercedes pricing bad? Um, like options? Well, I don't think there's low... There's definitely not on the 63. You can have that manufacturer pack, whatever it's called. Mm, manufacturer. Um, yeah, which, you, which you've got to have, I think, on them. But apart from that, there's only a couple of other options you can have. Okay, so let's say it's a 140 grand, 140, 145 grand car. I mean, you probably aren't going to, you're going to lose like 10 grand after a year or something like that on a diesel? Oh, maybe. I mean, I know you'd lose more than that if you're selling it to a dealer. I don't know. I'm just going like, well, hold on a second. I'm suddenly able to justify buying a G Wagon. But like, why? What do you want it on? What do you want a G Wagon for? You just cool. like the look of it. It's cool, isn't it? But hold on a minute. Aren't you a JLR? Land yeah, Rover customer. Def, def, defender, but the problem is they don't... They do a heritage one. I And I'm all over it, but we've Why discussed this a then? million times over, 90 versus 110. Half the money. The 110 is bigger than the G-Wagon, I would say. No. Yeah, I think the 110's bigger. It might be a bit longer. Longer, yeah. I, mean, it's, I bet it's not bigger. Yeah, it's got to be close, hasn't it? Well, it might, might be a bit longer. I don't think it's a bigger car. I mean, they're big, the old G-Wagon. It's a big yeah, old it's bus. it's a big car, isn't it? yeah. And okay. frightening with a, I mean, they are loads better than the old car, the 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 sixty three, you know, the big mm. one. But it is still frightening, mate, because it is quite fast. Yeah, and and I I go in on people who go like it's so much better, but it's still a bit crap. Yeah, you know, it's still. But you know who has a really nice G wagon? Who? Molly May. What colour is it? Brown. Oh, I've seen that with a wood interior. I you posted. I mean, that. literally, I've seen that. I said to Vicky like. 
Hey, if I hadn't met you, Brown, I'd be all over Molly May right now, yeah. sliding in those DMs. Yeah. I'm sure Bra- Tommy Fury would br- give you a good idea. Browns you like it with wooden trim. <laughs> I was like, Molly May, where have you been all my life? Um, okay, well, yeah, I'm obviously not going to get a G-Wagon. But, uh, it, or get anywhere near Molly May. No, 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 no I don't <laughs> want to try. I, mean, I'm really, I just want her car. I'll be honest, she's not winning my type. But uh, <laughs> I'm really into her car. Choices in yeah vehicles. Um, anyway, let's let's move on. You did actually mention something there, which I wanted to pick up on, which is in general car values, right? Because Porsche increasing their prices again, again, again by the way, again. No, no, no. As in over the last two or three years, all they've done. Yeah. Well, but I mean, whether, they all have to be fair. Whether it is manufacturers upping the price of an existing model or cars coming out and inherently being way more expensive than their model they're replacing it just feels like in general new cars are becoming more and more expensive oh they are yeah why i think mainly because they're not making the numbers they were so you don't Mm. you don't you don't get the discounts you used to get because obviously there was millions of them in a field and you'd walk into these especially the german brands you'd walk in and they'd say how many do you want and how how much discount you want whereas now you might get a little bit on certain cars, but it's nowhere near the the fifteen percent and the ten percent that you used to get. You might get like three percent or five percent as a punter. I'm talking about as a as a retail punter. You'll get the odd one, but don't forget, like I've said to you all before, buying a car on discount isn't always good because you're you're all retail punters, and if you're getting ten percent off, so is everyone else. So it's not cheap. If you see what I mean. So now I think what they're doing now, these manufacturers, they're making less cars, making the same amount of money because they're not they're not murdering them away. And that will be partly because there's still a parts problem. It's getting better, but there is still a supply problem. Okay, so a few questions off the back of that. So the do you think therefore, if if you if, if that's what you believe, do you think that there'll be a price correction in the future? Up or down? Down. As in, if they are upping their prices because, yeah, they're making less cars or they're, they're not able to make as many cars, once supply returns, the part supply returns to normal and they're able to up their production to normal numbers, do they then go, hey guys, the new GT3 is five grand less? Well, I mean, no, not the GT3 is a bad example, but mass-produced cars, and this is what we've all got to be a bit careful of. And who knows what these manufacturers are up to because they change their mind, you know, like we drink water. You know, they literally change their mind every other week on what path they're going down and how they're going to do things and what they're going to do next week. From uh, a used car de- uh, retailer and from a punter point of view, you better hope they don't. Because if they decide to make loads and loads and loads and loads of cars again and do these huge discounts like they used to do, your cars are all going to have huge correction. Everyone that's in a car, mm. used car, will have a because it's got to be because it all always it all, it's always come from the top and it always will do. It'll come from new car prices and then it filters down. So, and then you have the supply and demand bit because everything is the pl- supply and demand. The, Every industry works on supply and demand. So if there's if the the supply outweighs the demand, prices go down. If it's the other way round, prices go up. Obviously, that's a that's a common 
It's the same with trainers. It's the same with anything you get your hands on. If there's less of something, it's worth more than there is if there's more of something. So, but has that historically happened? That the new car prices have gone down? Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Well, it depends on what they're, what they're chasing. The problem is they've got to be, especially with combustion cars now, when we see in these manufacturers, a lot of them are still pounding the, the electric drum. Mm-hmm. As in, you know, mm-hmm. so they're phasing combustion cars out, apparently. So maybe they're not going to go back to that tactic. Maybe, maybe that's why electric cars are the prices there are. And maybe what we are going to see is electric car prices coming down. Maybe combustion car prices will go up or stay the same. And it will be the electric cars that come down because they're too expensive. As a new car. And also that's a a good or an easy PR story, right? So it's harder, I think, or it'd be sort of more complicated. Take the Range Rover Sport, right? Range Rover Sport, inherently more expensive this generation of Range Rover Sport. Every every generation. Fine. So, But it has taken a big hike up for this particular generation. But but has it? In terms of percentages, it probably hasn't done any more than the previous one. But the problem is we're talking about another load of money compared to the previous car. So the percentages probably say the same, but the... The actual increase in money is more because the product's more in the first place. Fine. Okay. But so, okay. My point being, it's hard for the next generation Range Rover Sport, if this one is 100 grand, to suddenly come out and go, right, the new Range Rover Sport from 85 grand. You'd be like, why is it cheap? Like, like, Do you not think that's harder than a good PR story, which is introducing cheaper and more affordable EVs? Because that's a positive PR story. If Mercedes come out with an, a new GLE that can do 500 miles and it costs from just £27,000. That's a great story rather than the confusion or complication of making a product cheaper suddenly. But that that will be the story, mate, because that's the only reason why they're going to sell cars. And obviously there needs to be, at some point, if everyone's going to go EV or the governments want people to go EV, there, there will need to be some sort of um, incentivization to buy a used one because at the moment there isn't any. Mm. There's nothing. There's no. There's nothing. And if 
if that's if that's what they want. Everyone's buying new ones for tax reasons. If you're a company owner, or if you're leasing, com- leasing, or if you're a company uh, car driver, obviously for tax reasons, that's more beneficial that you go into a new one. But when on the used market, <clears throat> then benefits change. Mm. They're not the same as when you buy the new one. So there are still benefits, but but the the benefits are greater when they're new. Obviously, when they're brand spanking new. So. I've always said I think that, that the electric car market should be cheaper than combustion cars for it to work because, I like, well, like we've said before, there are worse products. And I think <gasps> that this is probably the market that they're going down now where they're slowly increasing combustion cars, mainly because don't forget all of these brands, they've all got huge networks within all the countries they represent, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if they suddenly come out and you use a Range Rover Sport as an example, if they suddenly come out and say, the new Range Rover Sport is 85 grand, they're basically shafting their whole used car network as well, that they all partly own and partly fund. So that would be stupid of them to do that, obviously, because they're going to ruin their network. So I don't think they're going to do that for that reason, because behind the scenes, as we always like to say... There's so much money involved rolling around that the manufacturer's support, even on used level, all right, it's an internal funding system, but they're still supporting it, um, that would go pop, basically. Well, first things first, I I think we can, I think we have to and we can stop saying that EVs are an inferior product. I think we've agreed for quite a while that the the EVs are... I didn't mean it like that. Sure, inferior choice in your well. mind. Yeah, inferior yes. choice in your mind. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I think basically what you're trying to say, or the simple answer is, are car prices, new car prices, going to increase for continue to increase for combustion engine vehicles? We think so. Yes, like like that. We're just going to continue to see new combustion engine cars become more and more expensive. You know, the Rev Welto supposedly going to be half a million pounds. Yeah, four fifty. I heard, but yeah, sure. Well, yeah, you know, yeah. close out like a half a million euros. Yeah, the eight twelve replacement, similar. The next generation Aston Martin, two hundred thousand euros or whatever. Like you know, so everything at Maserati MC twenty, like everything's just well. Let's take the McLaren Artura. Like yeah, everything is just becoming more expensive. Well, let's look. At, let's look at the TDF. That was like four hundred four fifty spec, and the competition is two hundred grand more. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a, a supercar level, but yeah. even if you come and filter down to things like RS3s or, 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 or mid-level SUVs, you know, a three-series wagon at 65 grand for the, the hot one, you know? I mean, it, it's everything is more expensive combustion engine-wise. That is an absolute... Sorry. That is an absolute piss tape, by the way. It's just dawned on me, this. Ferrari charging the money that they charge for that competition. I mean it's just they a, can. of course, but it's just it's just a rebodied eight twelve with some more power and I mean how then the markup they've got in that car in terms of the prop I mean that, I don't want to go into this game because it no, actually no, no, really no. annoyed me it this do- chat it, it, No it doesn't annoy you but it fascinates me that you can't sit here and tell me and no one can sit here and tell me this that an 812 Superfast is really any more to make than a Competizione. We're talking about a round of drinks, how much more it is to make. And the markup they've got on that car is incredible. 
the reason this topic frustrates me is that there's... You don't know the answers. No, well, there's simply not a way to find out the answer without a whistleblower, but there's different conversations happening here. If thanks to a lot of our viewers and listeners off the back of an episode we did a few weeks ago now where Tony spoke about production, manufacturer production profits. Um, we know the, the, the overall profit per vehicle percentage uh, for all the manufacturers. It's been published, it's been looked at, and Ferrari are one of the best with usually about a 25% profit margin in each car that they make. Incredible. But, but that is... All costs. So that is literally the... the that's their profit. That's their profit, their final yeah, profit. Yeah. But the point you were making a few weeks ago is that the actual manufacturing process, the sort of production element, is a lot less than you think. So in that breakdown of very rough numbers, if a car costs $100 million to produce, the actual manufacturing production element of that will be very far down Pennies. that cost chain. Yeah. You know, research and development, marketing, produ- like um, uh, compliance, you know, t- uh, test, uh, was crash uh, testing. and Those will be the majority of those. And the production line. Costs. So, yeah, I, I have no idea for an 812 competizione how much R&D time, how much design, how much aero, how much testing, how much blah, blah, blah is required but you've got to think because they're taking an existing model and tweaking it it's far less than the existing model yeah it's a round of drinks mate and uh and ferrari just because you know li- put a limited number on it and they're all at it and if the tdf sold on the used market immediately for a million euros why on earth wouldn't we price its successor at three quarters of a million? Uh, yeah, yeah. like it makes sense but they're all at it Not yeah yeah, yeah of course they're all at it just in different numbers the thing that i thought was ludicrous so talking about, you know, increased pricing, blah, blah, blah. Did you see the new Cayenne that just got launched? Mm. Taycan inside. Um, okay. I don't know. And new, mainly new interior. From the outside, it looks very similar, but mainly new yeah. interior. And then, and then slightly different powertrains and things like that, weren't there? I need to actually do a little bit more research. There was, there was a, a, a V8 in the S. Yeah, I need to look exactly at the yeah. breakdown. Is that coming to the UK, though? I believe. Okay. Um, but cool. I went online to spec one up. The amount of options available for the Cayenne is sickening. 15% price hike Porsche have done on all options. 15%. So you've got a more expensive vehicle with more expensive options. And as I say, if you go on the Porsche configurator and sit down, I should actually have looked. You've got to sit down. down. Mate, it goes on for. Ever. Yeah. So you're starting with your, you know, whatever it is, 80 grand, Cayenne S or whatever. You are at an over 100 grand in the blink of an eye. Genius. It is genius. Yeah. Like absolute genius, but mind boggling and shocking. Yeah. And I actually think Porsche are becoming the worst at it. So they're earning money. Uh, sure. But as you just said, when we're talking about the G-Wagon, you know, Mercedes and many of other of the German manufacturers now offer these packs or, or simplify things so that the options are grouped together. It's very hard to literally just go through and tick and add. Well, with Porsche, it's just infinite and endless. Well, the the, the, the three big German brands, uh, Merck, Audi, um, and BMW, that's what they do. They offer packs. But Porsche don't offer packs, same as Ferrari. You don't, you don't get packs, same as Lamborghini. You, you do get some packs, actually, with Lamborghini, but... 
But, but there's nowhere near, sorry to interrupt you, there's nowhere near as many options of course for not. Porsche Lamborghini as, as Porsche offer. No. Sorry, for Ferrari Lamborghini as yeah, Porsche yeah. offer. I, I think they must be one manufacturer with the most options available for any vehicle. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, because that because m- most of them don't do it like that now. They offer like packs. Yeah, exactly. I'm saying I'm actually going to bring up the configurator now because it is just so insane. I mean, it's literally like printing money. It's as you say, it's genius. But it's genius. So the cheapest new Cayenne is just the base Cayenne. It's starting at in the UK seventy four. Oh, sorry, sixty seven thousand four hundred pounds that's the bog standard so you think all right three litre car that's not too bad it's got steering wheel and and you can have it for zero for for cost free uh, white or black but the minute you want a color the cheapest colors are 900 quid or you can go up to the special colors which are two grand so let's just let's go with a a nice blue a standard blue for a nice blue for 900 quid why not blue we call that now wheels your, your standard equipment wheel is a 20-inch wheel. No, you want 22s on that. Well, firstly, just to change to another 20-inch wheel is either 400 quid or 700 quid. No. But you're right. You can go up to a 21-inch, and you can go all the way up to a 22-inch. Yeah. Now, I know you're going to want a 22-inch, but this is just a Cayenne. It's not a Cayenne. So let's say we're playing a little bit sensible. We're going to go for a 21-inch. So I'm going to go this one. It's, it's a two grand 21-inch wheel. Nothing spectacular, but something... My mum or dad might like. <laughs> Moving on, we get into the interiors. You Beautiful. have a standard partial leather black interior. If you want to change anything, you've got to pay 140 pounds to add a bit of beige. Cheap. Not to 140 quid's cheap. Yeah, that, that's cheap. Just to add a little bit of beige. I don't think to the seats, but the minute you want full leather, two and a half or three grand. The minute you want full leather. It's cheap. No, mate, come on. Three grand. So let's, let's say that we don't want to do that. Yeah. Because we're, Tight asses, yeah. But I think I'm mean, not full leather. I'm already upset. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to go comfort seats are standard. If you want to add in the 14 way electric, that's 800 quid. Right. Adaptive sports seats are a grand. And then you can go heated seats, sensor, ventilated seats, ventilated seats front and rear, massage function, <laughs> massage function front and rear. That's all <laughs> a grand or two grand. Lovely. Going on, you then get into the exterior options, exterior packages. You can have three different exterior packages, ranging from a grand up to six grand for the carbon design pack. Then you have other things like the stainless steel skid pan for 800 quid. You can change the wing mirrors. I mean, there's about 10 different options there to do with wing mirrors and door handles and the fuel filler cap. Roof transportation system. You've got three different options there for roof rails or pan pan roof. roof. You've got various decals, endless decals, about 15 options for decals. For your powertrain, you can do rear axle steer. You've got adaptive air suspension, Porsche Dynamic chassis control, sports chrono, four different options for tailpipes, power steering plus. The brake caliper is being painted in black. It's going to cost you 640 quid. Then you've got options for the lights, two grand for LED lights. You've got a heated windscreen. Again, you've got about another 10 options there before you move on to the interior interior now we can do various different <laughs> stitching we've got about 14 different color options for stitching we've got a carbon interior package for 1300 quid extended trim package again 12 or 15 options there seat belts going through we've got six options for different seat belt colorings we've got steering i mean it, you get the idea you get do you, want, the gist. do you want me to help you no no, no what i'm saying is is that I, I could spec that car in 25 seconds what would you do I'd put different wheels on it, put a pan roof on it, make sure it's got camera and bows, privacy glass, that'll do. And not get not get caught up in it. 
No, that's enough. You're probably right. You probably just go, no, 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 ignore, ignore, ignore. But it it is overwhelming. And and I guess that's one way that, yeah, just just new cars are just getting more. One way to lose your money. More and more expensive. Yeah, for sure. Because, of course, you're not getting that back. On a Cayenne, it's different. I think 911s are very spec dependent, aren't they? Not the normal ones, though. Again, like you haven't got to go mad on a normal, on a GT car or even maybe a Turbo S, something a little bit more special than. Yeah, you can be a bit more adventurous. But on a normal mass-produced car, a 911, just stick to wheels, stereo, rear camera, maybe the PDSL, PDSL headlights, or the normal ones are just about fine, and put a roof on yeah. it. That's enough. Fair enough. Um, now, uh, recently, did you see the kind of soft launch or the secretive launch for something called Carhuna? Yeah. So blasted all over Instagram, this kind of amazing like open museum of a load of different dealers here in the UK. I think DK Engineering, Joe Macari. Um, I'm not sure who else I saw was there, but a handful of yeah, yeah. Uh, bringing proper stuff, Chirons, MC20s, amazing Porsches, like incredible stuff to a, uh, a warehouse that they sort of opened as a museum for the weekend. And it was to launch this new platform. Um, I, I need to find out more, but I understand it to kind of be a new I think an online auction platform, but with reputed dealers. So, so you kind of know where the cars are coming from. Mm-hmm. It's also that they can do trade uh, auctions or trade, because um, you do that, right? So there's a behind the scenes, there's kind of a bidding, a trade bidding site. So you you can bid on cars that come through the there's trade. So, there's, there's so many different different ways for us to buy cars as, as dealers now. But yeah, there is a, there is, there's more than one, actually, trade-to-trade sites, essentially. Fine. So I guess that's, they're going to operate in that space as well. But what it made me think or realise is just how popular online car auction sites have become the last few years. Since COVID. Since COVID, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Doug DeMuro and his cars and bids site, I mean, he got that huge chunk of investment that allowed him to go buy that Carrera GT. Obviously, kind of the original, bring a trailer is the one in, in America. Yeah. Obviously, collecting cars here in the UK and further afield, of course, they operate everywhere now. Um, but we're seeing traditional auction houses now move into this space. Too. So from your side, why do you think they've become so popular? And do, is it a threat to you? Like, does, it, does that worry you that now there's such popularity in these online auction sites? No, it's not, not, not a threat to me at all. No, I don't think it's a threat to the market. It's just... People trying to come up with different ideas. It's all digital now. That's the way the world is going. And actually, since COVID, I mean, we used to do it before, but but as a retailer, since COVID, um, it's been accelerated that we don't see half the people we buy cars, but we sell cars to now. Everyone buys them online. So, uh, you know, the, the first time we see ha- half the people, and it is really like half the people that we actually sell cars to, the first time we meet them is when we delivered the car to their house. So it, we're in a digital age now, mate. This, this is the way of it. And, and it's all about time. Uh, contrary to what everyone thinks, dealers are busy doing... We've got so many compliance rules now and and admin stuff that we all have to do and, and loads of different chores that... Not not just business owners, but just in general that we all have to do. You ain't got time to go to auctions anymore. I mean, the, the big traditional auctions, BCA and Mannheim, they're all online now. And they have been for years, but even more so online. And we're, 
when COVID was was around, um, you couldn't physically go down um, to to bid on a car. I mean, I don't go to auctions. I've never bought a car from an auction. Luckily, I don't have to. You have bought them from collecting cars, though. Uh, on uh, I bought two cars from collecting cars in COVID. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But these these were were from private individuals that I could reject if I wanted, by the way. So once you buy a car, if you're a dealer and you buy a car from an auction, they've been described, and that's that. You take them and it's your problem, basically. Um, whereas when you buy from somewhere like collecting cars, if it's been misdescribed and it's not what you'd expect, you don't buy the car. So it's the same with uh, a lot of you would have seen uh, motorway, um, which is um, which is another new way over the last few years uh, for dealers to buy cars. Um, it's for normal punters. It's a way for them to sell their cars and dealers bid on them. And, uh, you know, there's an auction every day, basically. Um, it's, it's the same thing. You mm. get, if you get there and they're misdescribed, you don't buy the car. So and maybe that's what Kahuna, for example, are trying to eliminate is that there's more of a trust in the product that you're bidding on but from my point of view the thing that collecting cars has done is as an enthusiast and car and classic do the same thing it's a it's a better or more intriguing shopping place than auto trader so auto trader with its however many hundred thousand cars they often have on that site uh, 500,000. 500,000 cars. 400,000, yeah. I've kind of got to know what I'm looking for or looking at. You know, I'm going in to look at a specific car and then I'll see what's what's available. Whereas I can pop on collecting cars and have a bit of a browse and think, oh, God, I'd, oh, I'd love one of those. I thought, well, that's nice. No, I'm going to keep an eye on that when that comes up to auction. And maybe it's not something that I would have gone out to look to buy, but because I see it, I'm like, oh, that looks lovely. And, and these <clears throat> online auction sites or online listing a masses that's not a word but you know what i mean like do, do you not is that not an area where you're getting more competition for eyes on stock as in are people coming to your listings as much as they did or are they being distracted by these new sites that are offering juicier stuff do you see what i'm well, saying it depends on what market you're in i mean de- um coll- collecting cars these as far as I'm concerned, is quite niche. It's not for the mass market. Fair. I, I totally agreed. Auto trader is is for everyone. Mm-hmm. And the biggest advertiser in the country by a mile. It's not mm-hmm. even close. And to let you all in a little secret, it's how most dealers in the country price their cars up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll they look, all, at, look at the pricings on auto. the prices yeah. and work back their margin from that. I mean, most good dealers know what a car's worth anyway or have a very, very good idea and they won't be far away by knowing what's in their head. Obviously, if they do similar stuff every day, they know what they're worth because they know what they can sell them for. But, uh, and then, sorry, go on. No, no, but, um, but Auto Trader, it for us, is quite a good barometer of what they're advertised for, but that doesn't mean that's what they're worth. It's what they're advertised for and what they sell for are two different things, which is another reason why we have a margin because otherwise we wouldn't make any money, would we? So, um, collecting cars and all these other online platforms, and I, I like what collecting cars have done. The, the lads there, they've done a fantastic job. I've had dealings with them um, before. I've bought cars from there. I've, I've, I've spoke about selling cars from there. From my point of view as a retailer, 
it doesn't make any sense for me to sell a car on there because there's so many other things involved in my job which makes more sense for me to sell the car myself, as in finance, park exchange, warranties. I can earn money off all of them products, whereas if i just been a car off in the auction, well, I'm not going to earn anything. I'm just going to get my money back. What's the point in that? For sure. And I, I, I guess a big part of your business is trust, right? It's trust with the, the customer has with you and, and, and you have in the So They know that they're getting something from somebody reputable. Well, by gone. the way, this is the big reason why I do what I do. Mm. I, I, I do like doing this, obviously. I, I wouldn't do it if I didn't. And um, <laughs> some people say that I don't like cars anymore. I do like cars. Sometimes I can be a bit unenthusiastic about them because it's my job and I'm saturated with cars all the while. My whole life is cars. 20 hours a day, I'm on the phone talking about cars. So sometimes I feel I'm less enthusiastic because it's, it's, I, I live and breathe it, mate. But um, in, in terms of trust and building a brand, it's the big reason why I'm on social media because it it really helps with the recognition of of the whole brand, knowing they people feel more confident knowing that they buy a car from me because I'm on the telly. How <laughs> oh, well, Take it ahead of yourself. <laughs> Not quite yet, mate. But, but some I, people on the telly. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Uh, but I mean, I, I, get, I guess that's what, yeah, Carhoon, I suppose, are trying. We'll, wait, we'll watch the space because they're obviously making a lot of noise and doing interesting things. So and excited to see. to them for having yeah, a go. Absolutely. Yeah. The other thing that I thought was interesting, which is, I guess is similar in branch across a custodian, Legends, they've got a, one of their lovely caps on there table because i love their hats this one yeah yeah you'll meet a point as well no no no, you're right um (laughs) they're about to launch i think it's called the showroom yeah uh which essentially so i've spoken about custodian before because i use it a lot for my 360 also put the gt3 on there essentially the best way to manage your garage digitally you can upload all your history files and create uh, reminders for yourself to get things done and put in events and all the stuff like that so you can just beautifully manage your garage but the benefit then being that you can kind of almost share that information or a dealer could share that information onto the next buyer. So, yeah. so I think they're going to, you know, loop together. They, they've got various dealers that they're already sort of signed up to so that you're going to have that trust in place. But also it just enhances the the buying process. They, you know, they already do, I think, so great. So I, I'm excited to see what they do as well. So there's a lot happening within this digital car buying, selling space. Yeah. And lots of different people doing lots of different things. But I think fundamentally, it makes sense to be sort of leaning on that trust that a, a reputed dealer has already. Yeah. I mean, the good thing about an auction auctions as well is um, generally people get carried away on auctions. So, but but really, normally, apart from the buyer and the seller, the other person that makes money is the auctioneer, obviously, sure, because sure. That, that's how they, that's how they've got to earn a living. So there's always fees involved either side, whether it comes from the buyer or the seller. There's always got to be fees involved. So it's not always what you see the headline figure. Oh, that car sold for that because there's always fees involved, and quite often it's a few quid. Yeah. By the way, because it's always a percentage. It's not like a flat fee. It's a percentage of what the car sells for. So. Uh, and and it's another big reason why I don't buy cars from auction myself personally, um, in general, because the fees yeah. make, makes the car too expensive. Fair. 
Well, it's been it's been interesting to see, and I think we're going to see more come to the space because there's clearly money to be made when you when you're seeing, like I say, Doug Demura get the kind of investment that he is and the success of collecting cars, etc. So uh, we'll we'll watch the space. But anyway, that kind of wraps up uh, this episode, uh, this this latest episode. Uh, I hope you've all enjoyed it. So we did record it a little bit in advance, but hopefully nothing we spoke about is massively out of date. Uh, we will be back with you for another episode next week, which again will be pre-recorded. Um, uh, but for now. If you want to follow us on our adventures wherever we are in the world, uh, Tony's at Tony Gravelwood Car Sales on most social media platforms. I'm at Seen Through Glass. Uh, and keep an eye, as I say, on recast.tv forward slash behind the glass to see when we'll be live streaming over the weeks ahead because it's all going to be a little bit chaotic and it could be quite fun to join us. Maybe we'll do some, well, that Spanish one that we're going to be doing when I come and find you, we could have some beers. We could do it as like an evening. An evening one. Get pissed. Get pissed and do a Q&A on Recast. <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually what we're going to be doing straight after this recording. So yes, thank you so much for tuning in and we'll be back with you for another episode very soon. Bye-bye. See ya. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify. In store. Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash retail 23 shopify.com slash retail 23. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.